Arrow.net. It's where all the conversation is. A-R-R-O-E.net. All right, let's do some pod crashing. Episode number 172 is with David Weinberg from the podcast, The Superhero Complex. Oh my God, David, you have got a podcast here that so many people are going to tune into because we all believe that we're superheroes somehow, some way, and we're going to prove it. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> I mean, it, it, I mean, it's like anymore. It's like, what's your superpower? And and it's because of the, there's just so many different you know levels anymore. It's like, yeah, yeah. And and look at what you do with Phoenix here. I mean, you're showcasing somebody that was real. He really got out there and did this. Yeah, yeah. He um he went out there and he tried to actually fight crime, try to stop people from being mugged and break up fights and like all the things you'd expect to do from a a superhero how were you introduced to him because i mean this i mean we're talking about a lengthy podcast here several different episodes on iHeartRadio. i mean you you really have some information here yeah i mean i didn't know much about him when i first heard about it uh i got asked to to work on the show i started doing some research and so my first introduction to him was just like watching his patrol videos and sort of like seeing him from afar and kind of learning about what he is and then i was introduced to him through a guy named peter tangan who's a photographer who sort of became his unofficial press agent. He's the guy who shoots a lot of the big Hollywood movie posters for superhero projects. So if you saw like Christian Bale as Batman in that movie poster, like he shot that. And so he introduced me to Phoenix and that was how our relationship started and how I started interviewing him for the show. And and Phoenix really, I mean, he, he had those two different personalities. I mean, in real life, he was Ben. He was an MMA wrestler. And, and all of a sudden, but at night, he was Phoenix. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was Phoenix Jones. He had a full-on superhero like high-tech costume um, <laughs> that was made of like non-Newtonian fluid, which means it's soft to touch, but if you tried to hit him, it's really like hard. Um, yeah, he had gadgets. You know, the the, the gadget part, portion of his story didn't always go as you might expect. You know, it was a lot of like getting caught in his own net in the beginning of his superhero career, but, you know, he, he stuck to it and he kind of figured out how to actually become um, – an effective crime fighter in a lot of ways. How did how did the city of Seattle embrace that? Because I mean, I grew up in the state of Montana. Seattle to me was the hero city. And and but but I mean, to be out there on the streets of Seattle, I mean, it's like what? Did they really embrace this? I would say uh, a lot of people did. Yeah, I mean, there was sort of a mixed reaction. There was definitely he definitely had a lot of supporters. People that were like, "Yes, we need this. We support you." You know, when he would be out on patrol at night, a lot of the time it would be him just having to get photos with people people like phoenix let me get your photo and he became sort of a celebrity knows his own right he also had a lot of detractors people who thought he was a nerd or a goofball <laughs> or delusional and then he had this very complicated relationship with the police the police were very much not fans of his work and did not see what he was doing as being helpful to the city and in fact you know there they often felt that he was kind of getting in the way of a lot of the work that they were trying to do well, um does, doesn't that sound like Bruce Wayne and Batman? My God, not everybody believed totally, in Batman yeah, totally either. ripped straight out of a out of a superhero movie, you know. <laughs> well, I've always believed that Bruce Wayne, somewhere along the line, they're going to have to show that he really was uh, into drugs and all that kind of stuff too. I mean, this last one with Robert Pattinson showed the softer side and the darker side of Batman. They've got to go the extra distance because Bruce Wayne went through some junk in his life before becoming Batman. Yeah, you know that stuff affects you and. You know, in a similar fashion, Phoenix had his own demons and his own issues, and he ultimately did end up um, getting caught selling drugs to undercover cops, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, to put it mildly, it tarnished his image, um, and it made it very difficult for him to go out anymore and say, I'm a hero. You know, people were like, you're not a hero. You're just another criminal, like all these people that you claim to be 
you know, a lot of what he did was try to break up crack dealers out on the street and stuff. So it it definitely made him look like a hypocrite, and he's been struggling with that ever since. So did did he meet up with somebody along the way that said, "Hey, man, don't fight us. Join the system, and and, and you know, reap with the rewards." No, no, the police were never interested in in Phoenix joining them. They were their whole thing was just leave leave the crime fighting to us. Okay, you know, like you you do your own thing, and we will take care of. Uh, pursuing the bad guys in the city of Seattle. Man, I wonder if, you know, inside his mind, if he wanted to go to Portland over the past couple of years, the way that Portland, you know, basically was falling apart, it needed a superhero. Yeah, I mean, he did, you know, Phoenix kind of, um, I guess you could say went into retirement after the drug arrest and wasn't really doing much. But then, um, you know, in in January, uh, shortly after that, there was a an area called the Chaz, or the Chop, which you remember in Seattle and it had sort of like a lawless vibe to it and Phoenix did resurface and started um, patrolling that area too. Um, but he rarely patrolled outside of Seattle. He did do a little bit of crime fighting in London while he was there on a promotional trip for a cell phone company, but he mostly stuck to, you know, his hometown, Seattle. Did did he, was he a headlines hunter, creator and things like that? Was, was he looking for the headlines or was he just out there saying, no, I'm, I'm, I'm Phoenix, I'm Phoenix Jones? Well, it depends on who you ask. If you ask Phoenix, uh, he would say that no, he was not particularly interested in fame. It was more that he needed it. Um, one thing about Phoenix is that he is a black man, and he's always felt that he needed to have a superhero persona in case the police showed up and saw him. He didn't want to be mistaken for a criminal. Uh, and so his whole point was, well, I'm just wearing the superhero suit mostly to protect myself so that when people arrive, they clearly see that I am not the the criminal in this in- instance. Um, but after spending a lot of time talking to his former teammates, um, they all say that that is not true and that Phoenix was very much about being famous. Um, there was a lot of arguments within the team. I even heard one story from a journalist who was with Phoenix. They were out on patrol. They heard a woman scream, mm-hmm. and this is like Phoenix springs into action, starts running towards the screaming woman. Some people stop him and say, hey, can we get a photo with you? He stops chasing for this woman and stops and gets photos and by the time he's done all his photos with these people the, the screaming woman is nowhere to be found so i feel like that those sort of interactions do tell me a little bit about that phoenix probably was a little more interested in fame than he's willing to admit oh my god that sounds like something that would be on netflix on bad guys oh my god that's <laughs> bad boys um it, it what amazes me about this is that that you know it's it's almost like he took his mma fighting background and he he took on this persona like a professional wrestler from the wwe i mean but yet he took it to the streets of seattle and i've been on the streets of seattle i don't want to go down there by the fisherman's wharf or anything like that yeah i know he he prided himself in going to these places where the crime was happening you know he is not he's not just sort of wandering around randomly he um he's a very bright guy he spends a lot of time studying um crime statistic max maps and so he's able to figure out where are crimes um happening in clusters and he'll be in those places so he very much you know, it was all about going to places where uh, they're sketchy or where the crimes are actually happening and being a presence in those places. So, you know, that was a big part of how he fought crime. Well, dude, if, if I was a radio jock in, in Seattle, I would have been all over this and putting this dude on the morning show. Oh, he had his 15 minutes of fame did for he, sure. He, did he? he Oh, he was on Good Morning America. He was on Fox News. Um, he was on a lot of daytime talk shows. Yeah, when he his fame kind of peaked, I'd say around. 2011 2012 and he was he was a a fixture on the circuits of a lot of those shows local and national you know i mean he had a 
a pretty good following for a while. And and part of that following was in the circle that he kept. I mean, I mean, who were the Rain City superheroes? I mean, we're not we're talking about more than one superhero here. Oh yeah, no, he had a whole crew. They yeah, they're called the Rain City superheroes. Um, there was Midnight Jack, who was <laughs> claims to be a former gangbanger, who's you know gone gone on the other side of the law. You had El Caballero, who um, you know had lived all over the world before that. You had Evocatus, who was a, a, a former military vet. He'd fought in Iraq before he joined the wow. uh, real life superheroes. You also had Ghost, who was also a military veteran who had done some combat. Um, yeah, you had a real ragtag mix of like former criminals and soldiers. And a couple just random nerds thrown in there, you know, like it was a it was a mix of all kinds of people who were all hell bent on, you know, saving their city from from crime. Did any of those guys inside the Rain City superheroes, did they, they did they become uh, Phoenix's sidekick or anything? Because every every superhero needs a sidekick. Yeah, he never had like one. He never said, like, you're my sidekick, but he definitely <laughs> had there was definitely a hierarchy and there were. You know, a, different people sort of occupied that second in command spot at different times during the history of the group. So for sure, there was there was usually someone who you know kind of took the reins of being number two to Phoenix. So I I know that if I went out there try, to try to be a superhero, I there'd be a bullet in my leg and a heartbeat or in my chest. How did he not get shot during these situations? He um. He'd been shot at. He's Ooh. been stabbed multiple times, but he's never actually been shot. And he prides himself on that. He also, you know, he would say that it's because he does a lot of training. So he, um, in addition to his MMA training, he actually learns how to do like knife disarms and hand-to-hand yep. yep. combat. Yep. So he definitely puts a lot of time and thought into, you know, doing that sort of training so that he does not get killed <laughs> that that's that's interesting because i'm a third degree black belt and the one thing that they trained us in all of my studies and even today it's like to walk away from the bad situation it's not to walk into the fire oh yeah no it's it it goes against a lot of those ideas but you know i think partly what helped him too is that he was a pro- semi-professional mma fighter so yeah. he did have experience being in a ring you know fighting someone so i think he was a little more willing to jump into those situations than than a lot of other real life superheroes who maybe don't have that experience. As that journalist, what did you learn? Because I mean, when you take a story like this and you make it reach beyond a two minute report on Channel Nine News, I mean, come on, you you've got a, a huge podcast here. What did you pull from this? You know, I I learned a lot about real life superheroes, a group that I was not really aware of before this. I came to you know when I first started doing this, I I really did think that it was kind of an absurd thing that it was kind of a joke and like did these guys really do any good but you know one thing i did do for this project was go out on patrol with some real life superheroes with phoenix jones with red ranger with justin service and i was very impressed with the work they do a lot of what we did on patrol was humanitarian aid so one of the superheroes that i went out with red ranger his day job is that he's a he's a registered nurse in an er and so we were traveling around to a lot of these uh, homeless encampments in the city and a lot of those people are in really bad shape. They're suffering from uh, mental health issues and addiction issues. And and Red Ranger was able to do a lot of things to help them administer first aid, help some people with some really bad intravenous needle wounds. And I was just in awe of just like how much good they were doing in the community. And I did come away thinking like there is um, there's a place for these 
people in our society like they do good work mm -hmm. and i you know i'm a lot less skeptical of, of what they do as a concept what what um, was as for phoenix that's a whole other <laughs> complicated uh you know you'll have to listen to the podcast to hear how i feel about oh phoenix I, I, and, oh, yeah. oh and you know, <laughs> and no, no spoilers. It, it's it's more than listening to experience the podcast because yeah. the way that you present it this is an experience and then when you when you wrap up the first episode you go give me the next one let's go let's rock that's great to hear. Yeah, no, that's that's what we're trying to do is um, get people into the story. And, and hopefully you'll, you know, come along for this ride with us and get to experience a lot of what I experienced, um, you know, interviewing and, and hanging out with these superheroes. You know, we're, we're going to talk the business side of, uh, of podcasting. They're always telling you who's your audience, what, who, who are you trying to reach and things like that. When you're putting this podcast together as the creator, as the voice, and, and probably you're doing a lot of the writing, um, who are you trying to reach? Is it the, I mean, are we going to see you at a Comic-Con? I will go anywhere that uh, <laughs> anywhere I'm needed. Much like Batman, wherever the back signal goes up, if you need me to um, come talk about my podcast, I will be there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I have been to Comic Con in the past as like sort of a casual observer. I, I um, and I would do that again. But like, yeah, I I um, I'm happy that anyone's listening. You know, when I'm making stuff, I'm just like, well, I ideally I'd I'd love to get people who maybe um, are skeptical of this. I, that's like the the people that I'm most excited to hear it you know you know the idea that i could maybe suck someone into a world that they that they are skeptical of and then sort of come to appreciate would would be a you know an ideal situation for me so what was phoenix phoenix's superpower because i mean you you talked to me about the nurse and things like that i mean phoenix had to know what 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 his power was yeah so he had a number of powers one he you know he's the trained fighter so he came with okay. all that also his day job um was working with autistic kids and a lot of what he did was help prepare um kids with autism and, and adults to, to sort of like um, make it in the real world. And I think a lot of those skills translate really well to the type of work because a lot of what these people are running into on the streets is people with severe uh, mental health issues. Yes, yes. And I think he was really well equipped to deescalate situations and he had a lot of familiarity with like handling people who think differently. And I, I think that was in some way one of his superpowers, just his ability to, to handle those situations with experience as they were happening. So did, do you feel like the, the power of the word, in other words, there, there's a thing that we call, we called it verbal Taekwondo, and that is is that you can use your words to control other people's emotions. Did, did you see that power in Phoenix? A hundred percent. I saw him use it on me. Oh. Phoenix is incredibly charismatic, incredibly, yeah, he just has a way with words. He, you know, he will convince you, um, of a lot of things if you give him a minute you know to, to take that ride on the snow-capped peaks meaning coke um the, the thing is is that i mean was he searching for that next rush because when you're a superhero i mean it's all about the adrenaline flowing through that body well phoenix claims that he has never once been that he's never done drugs himself okay. and that in the instances where he was caught um and the way he was caught and you know he got busted twice but one of them was that you know he got texts from a woman who said her name was Laura and then they started chatting and Phoenix said him and his girlfriend were polyamorous and maybe they could all hang out and she said great why don't you come to this hotel by the way could you bring some uh, MDMA some ecstasy because I have some other girlfriends in town and mm -hmm. so it's like I you know when I read the the police reports and the transcripts from that bust it does not come across to me that he is uh, any sort of drug kingpin or sort of big dealer I got the impression that he maybe ended up helping someone out or thinking he was going into one kind of situation and brought some drugs along 
Um, also, throughout his career as an MMA fighter, and because he's now on felony probation, he gets drug tested regularly, and he's never failed a drug test wow. in his life wow. in all in the many years that he fought. So, you know, I also heard from other people that knew him that say that he did start using drugs afterwards. So, you know, I think it is true that during the, the a lot of his career he was not doing drugs and i do feel like even in the case of his arrests i don't necessarily think they were related to his own drug use but i also found a lot of instances where phoenix did lie to me so it's always Uh-oh. one of those situations where it's difficult to know what to believe you know do you confront a superhero when they're lying oh. you say you, you mean it's like dude you're lying to me i'm telling you you're lying uh, to me i did many times yeah you'll hear <sighs> me confront phoenix on many of those issues i you know we did several sort of three to four hour long interview sessions. And a lot of those sessions where I was interviewing was me just coming to him with long lists of accusations from his former teammates and being like, okay, Avocatus says you, he saw you with a bottle of date rape drugs at your house one day. And mm. like, you know, like all these sort of situations. And so I put them all to him and you'll hear him respond to a lot of those in the podcast listeners need to understand that your podcast the superhero complex the sound bites that you have are priceless i mean you you've got to be protecting these things for future endeavors such as you know if you can turn it into did you film any of this to where you can make a special we did not film any of it um it mm. was strictly audio um large part because you know people act differently i think under video yes and, and it just for this project, I think it made a lot of sense for us to just keep it low key. Also, you know, when I was out traveling with the superheroes, I didn't want to be having a camera and all that stuff. So yeah, um, but yeah, we've you know I've gotten interest from some people in the TV world about maybe doing something on him. So you never know. Yeah, you you just painted the picture of because when you go out and uh, you help out the the people of homelessness, that's exactly they they would sit there. You say, "Are you homeless?" No, I'm home now. I'm not homeless. So when you go out there into that world, I mean, you don't bring a camera because you're not going to gain any confidence or even faith in you from from those people. Yeah, I often felt, you know, we are just being out there, even with my my recording equipment, my microphone, just because. They were really intense situations. I mean, yeah. There were people that were really suffering, and it's not, you know, you don't want to go into a situation where someone's struggling and, and just be, you know, putting them all over the the news and things like that. So, yeah, those are those were definitely some sens- sensitive situations. That how, we, how did the podcast change you? Because, I mean, it's, you know, doing a series podcast like you're doing, I mean, it's like writing a book. It, it clears out a lot in your soul. Yeah, it made me think a lot about my um, my own assumptions about people especially people like real life superheroes you know i mean i think i hopefully i came out of this being maybe a little less dismissive of people Mm -hmm. and like willing to give someone a chance and hear their story before i draw any conclusions about who they are because i did really feel kind of disoriented points where i things i thought i knew for certain were true turned out not to be so so basically your empathy increased yeah, I would yeah. say so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you can hear it when when you're sharing this story. It's like, oh my god, this guy was actually there. This is not just a reporter. You you were actually there. Yeah, I know. I spent a lot of time um, in this world uh, for sure. It was it was fun. It was strange, um, but yeah, I had a really good time doing it. So now, th- I mean, and this is one podcast. Is, do, is there going to be a continuation in the way of uh, the superhero of Butte, Montana, or New York City? I don't know about another show, but so um, we're definitely going to do some bonus episodes. Oh. And I, we actually interviewed a bunch of superheroes all over the world, people who weren't necessarily related to Phoenix. But yeah, these people exist all over the world. So we're definitely going to um, feature some of them in some bonus episodes where you'll get to sort of meet 
a variety of superheroes from all over the world. I love it, man. You got to come back to this show anytime in the future, David. The door is always going to be open for you. Oh, thanks. I loved it. This was great. I really appreciate it. Well, you be brilliant today, okay, sir? You too.